Hey Lauren, I've missed you here on Anchor for the past little while and I know that you've been really busy with work and freelancing and going up to the cottage because you're really lucky and you can do that. But on that note, I have a question for you. How is your freelancing going? And I have been thinking about getting into freelancing for a little while now. And I was wondering if you have any tips. Thanks so much, and I look forward to your reply. I honestly didn't think that I had been off air for as long as I have been, but uh, I haven't forgotten about you guys. It's just I feel like time has just kind of flown by. Um, uh, as Emily said, I have been doing a lot of work, but I'm here now. So welcome everybody, um, I am of course your host Lauren, and you are listening to the channel Sun Whale, and to that I say welcome to the pod. Now I have kind of been on this topic a little bit for the last week, just because, or last couple weeks, just because it's been sort of all-consuming in my life right now, but um, I mean Emily, if you're interested, I will be happy to impart some of my freelance knowledge onto you. So that will be the topic of today's episode, so if that sounds like something you're interested in, stay tuned, and I will blabber on about that. So I suppose now is a good time to explain um, how I got into freelance, how long I've been doing freelance, my experiences, that sort of thing. Um, And it's a little bit hard for me to pinpoint when exactly I started freelancing because I'm pretty sure um, it just kind of showed up in my life and then hasn't gone away yet. But I think I started considering myself a relatively serious freelancer by my last year of high school. So um, I think it's been five years since then. Um, And I know that by no means gives me any sort of... I think I'm still in that sort of amateur window where I'm still making uh, some goofs. And I mean, I've only ever done it by contract or by sort of part-time, so I definitely haven't been in the thick of it the way that full-time freelancers have, but I think for someone my age, I've developed a pretty solid client base that returns to me. I've had short-term contracts, I've had medium-term, long-term. I think I've had a pretty solid level of experience for someone my age, Um, and so hopefully I can impart some of that knowledge onto you. So in these next couple segments, um, I'm going to talk about sort of the major things that you're going to have to focus on and think about while you're getting started in freelance. And these are things that you can expect to reiterate multiple times as you learn new things and you figure out what works for you. Um, In my experience, this is what has worked for me. Um, But depending on your personality type, some things that I do might make absolutely no sense and you might want to go a different way. And so it is a little bit of trial and error on your part. Um, But this is what has worked for me and sort of just general advice for a young up and coming freelancer such as yourself, maybe. So as it is with most industries and most people and most connections that you make, uh, freelance is no different in that first impressions uh, are really important. And when it comes to freelance, the first impression that potential clients are going to have um, about your competency as a designer and who you are is how you design yourself, basically. 
most people will associate this with a personal brand. So, you know, giving yourself a logo and a color scheme and having a website and maybe business cards or whatever, being cohesive and all making sense. And this is definitely one aspect of it and really shouldn't be overlooked. Having a personal brand will give your potential clients a really good idea of who you are and, um, Especially since you are a designer, it will show them on the front lines that you understand what design looks like and you can apply it to yourself. You're your own, you're your own first client, basically. So I would definitely say come up with a personal brand that you're comfortable with. It took me a couple iterations. Um, I thought that I would do something with like forest green because that's one of my favorite colors but as it turns out um, my brand actually settled somewhere with like reds and grays and whites which I wouldn't normally expect but it's one that I feel comfortable with and I found fonts that I liked and um, I think it really does express who I am now at this point but I mean again it can always change and iteration when you are starting out is definitely expected. So on the one end there's personal brand, but it can actually go a little bit deeper than that uh, when you're interacting with potential clients. And that's because while personal brand is normally associated with visual elements, so what your logo is and what your fonts are and what your colors are, it does go a little bit deeper than that and it becomes the entire experience that your client has when they're interacting with you. So this is making sure that in your emails you're communicating properly and means proper grammar and um, you know you can be casual if that's the tone that you want to take but um, you kind of have to be able to adjust your brand you know you got to be able to dress it up and down depending on your your client that you're dealing with and you have to make that your make sure that your emails fall in line with your personal brand you have to make sure that your voicemails fall in line with your personal brand um, it's always really <laughs> shocking to me when I call you know a, a designer to ask them for feedback on something or I've seen that they've had experience in something before so I, I call to get their take and their voicemail is is very unprofessional um, I know personally if I was hiring someone I would that would be a huge turnoff for me um, but just focus on the entire experience like no matter what avenue your client is going to use to interact with you that first impression needs to be a good one and that starts really with designing yourself and synthesizing you down into a design that clearly communicates who you are and how you work but also to your client hey i can do this because i can do it for me so now you've got this personal brand, you've got this website, and or maybe you've got a business card and you've handed it out or someone stumbled upon it and they've decided that they want you to do work for them. Well, this is great. Congratulations. It's always really exciting uh, to get a job, um, especially your first one. But my biggest recommendation is that before you take on any project, always meet face to face or um, like over Skype, but like video Skype with another person. The same way that an interviewer wants to meet their potential new employee, you should always want to meet your client because sometimes the way that they come across an email is very different. and. Um, you can usually pick up on what type of person they're going to be to work with and uh, you can sort of make a judgment call from there but also th when you talk to them face to face and you have that um, very quick feedback you can really get an idea of what they're looking for um, 
and what they truly need. And when it comes to clients, there's always different kinds and they're always going to need or want different things from you. There's going to be clients that want to know your process and want to learn and want to understand why you're making the design choices that you do. And then on the other side of the spectrum, there's going to be people who just want you to give them something they don't want really, they want very minimal part in it. And then somewhere around the middle uh, is kind of the sweet spot of people who are hands-off enough to let you do what you believe is right, but care enough to understand your process and understand that what you're coming up with is probably the best option. And those middle groups, they're a little bit tricky to find. Uh, you're usually either dealing with one that leans further to one side of the spectrum or another, um, and both come with their own pros and cons. But meeting them face-to-face -face, uh, or screen-to-screen -screen is going to give you just a better chance at understanding who you're dealing with. And when you're first starting out, you're not really going to know how to necessarily handle them all at all situations, but at least being able to anticipate how um, this client may act in certain situations is really going to help you out moving forward. But also, meeting your clients face-to-face -face has a lot of other benefits as well. Um, and that main one sort of being understanding exactly what they're looking for. And it doesn't have to be a long meeting. I think usually mine don't go much longer than half an hour, but uh, it usually helps you understand because sometimes um, clients don't use the same words that you might necessarily use. So let's say you meet face to face or screen to screen with this potential client and they are saying, yeah, I want to do logo design. And you're like, okay, I can do logo design. And they're like, yeah, and then we'd like you to write up a social media plan. And you're like, yeah, I can totally do that. And then they say, yeah, and then we want a three-dimensional animated infographic made. And you kind of go like, ah, uh, I can't, in your head, you're being like, I, I can't do that. Now, when it comes to this situation, a lot of... Uh, newer freelancers, I, I think I avoided this one, but others that I've talked to, they will agree to it and say yes just because they're so excited to get this job, but um, what happens is they end up faltering and failing later on because they actually didn't have any idea of what they were doing. And this damages your relationship with your client and it produces something that you really can't present at, uh, you know, on a portfolio in any situation. And even if it turns out okay at the end, there's a pretty good chance that it could have been done better by someone who had had experience. And by keeping your inexperience in the dark, you're actually not being fair to your potential client. So my key advice is this, um, if you can't do it or have never done it before, you need to make that clear with them. You need to put it in a positive spin and say, I'm super excited to try this out. Uh, I haven't had any experience, but I've had, you know, similar experience doing this project, blah, blah, blah. But you need to let them know that this isn't something that's normally in your wheelhouse. And you need to let your potential client make that call as to whether they want to continue on with you. What you could always present is say, hey, look, I am super happy to do the logo design and the social media plan, um, but, you know, this animated infographic is, you know, it's outside of my wheelhouse um, or I can't take it on, so you'll have to find someone else for that. And I'm, I'm not saying that it works 100% of the time. There will be clients that are like, oh, you can't do that. I'm going to find someone who can. But you can't be afraid to lose a job because if you were to take that job, 
you would it wouldn't have been good on either of your parts it would have been stressful on you because you didn't know what you're doing would have been stressful on the client because the product isn't what they need in in all honesty you can't be greedy you have to keep your ego out of the way when it comes to freelance it's not fair to your client to agree to do something under the assumption that you're gonna watch a couple YouTube videos and figure it out it's more professional to be upfront about your skill set and work to that and if you want to be able to do that you need to work on side projects or um, you know find someone who's willing to take that on and, and let you explore that way but hiding your inexperience from someone is not going to make your relationship or the project any better next and sort of an obvious one is knowing what you're worth uh, I ran into this one personally a couple times when I was just starting out and that was doing jobs for free now I know that that's a huge thing uh, that you know artists shouldn't do work for free and when I was just starting out I did not know that that was a thing um, and I viewed it as an opportunity to gain experience and while I did I found that I lost a lot of motivation when there was no monetary uh, you know incentive I would find I would focus a lot more on the jobs that paid than the ones that didn't and then I would feel very guilty uh, for not putting as much time and attention into the unpaid jobs and I totally understand that when you're just starting out you do need experience but that doesn't mean that you can't get paid for it um, you can always lower your rates but you need to have them never accept never accept zero dollars an hour um, it's a ridiculous thing and often the jobs that people are expecting to pay you for free for are actually pretty time-consuming um, I was once asked to do an app interface like an app wireframe uh, for free and that did not go well because that's a huge amount of work and also when it comes to knowing what your worth is uh, being able to price yourself accurately uh, based on your experience and the people around you and what you need to do in order to survive. So me personally, I've always had other jobs. I've never really relied on freelance to survive, but I know that it's definitely a different set of calculations if it is something that you're looking to support yourself on. And uh, where did I go? I was actually, I went on Reddit and I posted on r slash design and asked them their feedback as to how I should go about pricing myself and what I learned from that is that hourly is not always the best option. Um, so now I actually just charge flat rates depending on what my clients are asking me for. But again, that was very structured towards the type of work that I do and the way that I have processed my, my workflow. So when you go out and do it, depending on the type of work that you do and how you want to do your workflow, it might end up uh, a different pricing model might work better. But definitely research that and don't just come up with a number on the spot when you're talking to a client. Always say, you know what, I'm going to go away, I'm going to put together a proposal for you um, and I'll come back to you with a number. But also when it comes to knowing what your worth is, um, don't be afraid to lose a job if someone doesn't want to pay your price. If you know your price is reasonable and you've done your research and you know that this is how much you should be charging, if someone says that's way too much, don't be, don't drop it just to appease them or just to get the job unless you're absolutely desperate. Hold, hold your ground and someone who does value your work and values the price that you've put your work at will come along and pay for it. 
Um, it's a little bit of a trust game. You do have to trust <laughs> trust that something will come along. Um, but y you need to stick by your pricing. You can't devalue your work. Uh, Alright guys, I think that's about it for me. My bane... My... My brain has just started getting really fuzzy, so I think it's about time for me to call it quits and maybe have a sleep, but I do have a couple more points that I will get to tomorrow. Um, in the meantime, if you guys have any stories of yourselves going through freelance blunders or anything, I would love to hear them and uh, hopefully feel validated that I'm not the only person who's <laughs> screwed up along this journey. And any other quick tips about this or comments that you might have, I am always happy to hear them. And if you want to hear me talk more about freelance, I have talked about other things in the past, but if freelance is something that you're like, hey, this girl actually, I like talking, I like listening to her talk about this stuff. Um, if that is the case, go ahead and give my channel a favorite so that I know that this is a topic that is worth coming back to. But other than that, you guys, I hope you have a great night or morning or afternoon or whatever time it is when you're listening to this. Uh, I have been Lauren, you have been listening to the channel Sunwhale, and I will talk to you guys soon.